Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and I'm um, currently sitting overlooking the giraffes here in Burger Zoo eating french fries. It was the first time in my life that I've had french fries with giraffes. Mmm. <laughs> they do share a similarity. The color, and they're kind of long, like the necks of giraffes. <laughs> I think they are they're licking the the trees there. I don't know exactly why, but um the the children that you just heard at the beginning of the of the episode of the recording, they were giving each other lessons about giraffes. <laughs> there were two older girls and um, their younger brother. I think they're like six, seven, eight. And they were like, Okay, who has a question about giraffes? And then um one of the girls asks, Yeah, why do giraffes have short hair instead of long hair? Um, the older girl thinks a bit. And I was like, well, that's obvious. With longer hair, they'd look ridiculous. ridiculous. Plus, they would have hair in their, in their eyes all the time. So it's very inconvenient for them to have long hair. Well, that's, this reply satisfied the other sister. And then the young boy also got to ask his question, like, how many types of giraffes are there? To which both sisters answered, a lot of them. <laughs> which was, of course, the right answer. Mm. I finished my fries, and I'm going to head to the to the desert. There is a another dome here, another biome covered with a dome. And they recreated a, a desert-like environment. I'm first going to bring back my cutlery. This is a small waterfall. It's very sunny and dangerously, uh, dangerously so because <laughs> I'm not wearing sunscreen. I do wear a hat, and I'm afraid. Thank you. <laughs> I'm afraid that uh, I'll get sunburned if I don't get inside. So I'm just going to follow that signs for the desert and see if I can uh, shield myself a little bit from the uh, ultraviolet radiation of the sun. Ah, that was good. I never really eat fries anymore because I don't have a fryer. I deliberately, when I moved to my new rectory, got rid of the old frying pan that I had and now I have got an air fryer and it's very disappointing. It's sold as the perfect device to make uh, fries but the fries that come out of the air fryer are terrible <laughs> they don't have any crunch tastes nothing like real fries so now whenever i go to a place and they have real fries i just give myself permission to have some <laughs> and who can say no to eating nice belgian or what is it no, not belgian fries uh french fries <laughs> with mayonnaise i have to add um, well, at the same time, you are looking at three giraffes that are staring back at me. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Where is this desert? I think I have to follow this path. And then we'll see. It's a very busy. This is the uh, exit of the... <clears throat> of the restaurant and uh, it's lunchtime so a lot of people are 
having lunch and or has have just finished their lunch and like me they are looking for the next adventure <laughs> it's so wonderful to just waste time here in the in the zoo <laughs> normally i'm all about efficiency and working hard and very focused but when i'm here i kind of lose track of time and I, I just enjoy the overall atmosphere. Let's see, uh, I have to go to the right. This sign says, turn right here for the desert. That's what I'm doing. And then, let's see, it's so crowded that I can't walk at my normal pace, but that's okay. Because I'm not in a hurry. Um, oh, and now the sign says I have to turn to the left, which uh, I'll do then. Hmm. This whole idea of, of wasting time, the, the fact that we call it to waste time in itself is already indicative of uh, a certain mindset. It's like, as if you can waste time, what does that imply? That you... You have to use time, it has to be useful, it has to be productive always. Why do we think that that is? It's a trap, I think. It's a trap. <laughs> in which I've uh, fallen many times in my life where, and I think it's part of, of the way you were brought up. Okay, here is the door that leads me to the tunnel. That will go to the... Oh, the doors are opening magically by themselves. I couldn't do the force gesture. <laughs> I intuitively do that. Whenever you have automatic doors, I wave my hand and I think, use the force. <laughs> oh, it's so refreshingly both cold in here, in, these, uh, in this tunnel. And again, it's made to look a bit like you're uh, underground. Ooh, they've got bats here. This is a behind glass. It's kind of like a round, oh, it's a set of caverns and there are, in fact, bats flying around there. And since they use radar, of course, they don't bump into the glass like birds sometimes do. You hear a little bit of that sound that they make. Or maybe that's not the bats. Maybe that's something else here in these tunnels. Uh, and then uh, just following the path, I think it will ultimately lead me to this this uh, big dome. Um, so the the it for me it's always a, a bit of a an, a challenge to not think in terms of productivity. I'm always looking at ways in which I can optimize my time and cram even more activities into one day so I never uh, just waste time, but I make the best use of it. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's a bit of a trap because it's based on this idea that uh, there is something to win or to lose. Uh, and if you waste your time, you're also wasting opportunities. Uh, you're wasting chances that you've received that other people may not have, etc. 
but there, if you if you label it again, it's all about framing, as I often say in this podcast. It's about framing. Hi, how do you? Oh wow, look at that! It's like a little desert My, mouse. Oh, there are three of them, little mice. <laughs> Those are. I love them. I'm glad they're behind glass, though. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the danger of, of thinking in terms of productivity is that um, you cannot fully enjoy moments like today where I'm just walking here in the zoo and looking at animals and learning about them. It's not useful for me to know that behind this glass there's a rattlesnake and... Can I see where it is? I can see he lost his skin. Oh, it's right there in the left corner, curled up in the shadow, sleeping. Uh, but uh, in the past, I would always have this, this feeling like, oh, even if I'm here, I have to do something useful. I have to film, I have to podcast, which I'm actually doing right now, but I'm doing that because I like it. I, I just like to chat <laughs> with you. But um, uh, it, it can create a lot of unnecessary stress, this idea of usefulness. If I go to the left, where do I end up here? I'm walking. This, these, these rocks remind me of the red rocks over in Florida. Oh, it's a little patio. patio? It's like, a, like an open space here. Almost looks like a Mexican village. Ah, entrada, salida, cantina. Wow. Oh, yeah. I guess that in the, during this uh, vacation time, they may serve drinks here. Although I can't imagine people sitting here. Ah, it's so hot. And there's no, there are no fans here, no air conditioning. But the site is beautiful because the, they created a backdrop of, of orange-colored houses that are very similar to what you see in, in uh, Western movies. And then here on the left, they, these rocks remind me of the rocks that we saw in, um, in, uh, in, in Florida or in, south of uh, a Flagstaff. And here we look at the total entirety. This is actually not a dome. It's just a, a, a rectangular building, but it's covered in glass. That's also why it's so incredibly hot, because the sun is shining, and so it heats up even more. Uh, this, and I think another aspect that plays in this drive, this untamable drive of always working and working harder. Um, the other day in the chat, uh, some of you shared that in the United States, most people have only a few days off per year. You have a lot of, like special days like uh, I don't know uh, Independence Day and Thanksgiving and so to, to us in Europe it gives us the idea that you guys have a lot of vacation time because those are usually feasts that we don't have um, but then in fact I think uh, people that have just regular jobs they may get 10 days off per year and the rest is just working 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 um, I think for most of my colleagues that work in parishes, there's this similar drive, this, this sometimes, I don't know, just built-in or, or learned attitude that I have to be useful, we have to grow, there's, we're, we're going down in numbers, 
we need to do whatever we can to uh, to increase the the parish, the to raise more money, to organize more education, etc. And so there is this constant idea that it, what we currently have is not enough. Oh wow! Super hot again. I'm climbing up this slope, and above us are these red rocks. They're made out of concrete. That they're carved in such a way that they look like natural rocks. And on top of them, you have these birds of prey. And I can tell that these birds are of prey are sitting there because I can smell <laughs> the birds. They poop on the rocks. So all these bright white patches are all uh, indicators of their presence. Ugh. Okay, another tunnel. Where is this going? Is this going to bring me to another part of the, of the desert? I never know. Where did I come from here? Maybe I did. Where is this going to bring me to the birds? Uh, I'm a little bit lost. I've visited a few times now, but I constantly keep forgetting how big the zoo is. Oh, yeah, this is a different part. This is... Uh... Oh, more, more palm trees here on the left. And uh, another waterfall. I like that they create these small, almost hidden scenes in the landscape. And you have to kind of look through the, the leaves of the palm trees to discover. And then there are a few birds sitting down on the palm trees. There are a lot of uh, cacti as well. Uh, all sorts of different cacti. Well constructed or, or created to, uh, to retain water in dry times. And uh, what you don't see on a day like this where everything is sunny and, and feels very dry. It's like everything is sand here. Um, so it's very different from the jungle uh, that is one of the adjacent uh, buildings. Uh, what you don't see is that during the night and in the early morning, they actually spray they spray a lot of water. Um, so if you look up uh, on, the, on the construction that carries the, the, the roof, the uh, glass ceiling, there are sprinklers. And so when you, uh, and when you look carefully, you also see sprinklers hidden among the plants. So I've been here uh, a while ago uh, when, when the park just opened and I entered here and everything was soaking wet. <laughs> and that dries up very quickly because of the heat here, especially on a sunny day like this. So you get the idea that it's all very dry, but these plants have been soaking up water all night long. And, uh, and then they retain that water thanks to, I don't know, it's just the, the kind of species that they have here. All right, here's the exit. I'm actually looking forward to... Uh, Getting into fresh, some fresh air. Thank you. Okay. Door number two. They've got like almost like a uh, like an airlock. <laughs> it's probably also to prevent birds from getting out. If they escape through one door, they can get to the second door. I'll just let these kids pass first. <laughs> and then... We're back. Thank you, Bell. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, it's a lot cooler here. 
Nice. So the, the kind of the idea that we have uh, in, in, our, in our education, in our formation as, as seminarians is um, yeah, we need to grow. And of course, there is this, this mission that the apostles get from Jesus is to go to the ends of the world and baptize people and tell them about uh, the good news. But uh, Jesus does not give numbers. That's something we always forget. He says you have to reach out. He doesn't say, I want you to convert at least a thousand people per month. It has been very successful throughout history, and that's not, not, not surprising because it is the good news. It is an amazing uh, uh, gift to have faith, to get to know Jesus, and to let him guide you in life. But it's, it's, there is, it's not the success of evangelization is not in the numbers Numbers can be a good indication that you're on the right track, but they can also be... Uh, my phone is telling me that I've walked another kilometer. Always nice to hear. <laughs> I don't need to know how fast I'm walking, actually, because uh, and what my heartbeat is, because I'm, I'm also <laughs> just meandering here. Um, and so where does this idea come from? That I share with a lot of my colleagues is like, our parishes are too small. We're comparing ourselves to the church, to the situation of the church of like a hundred years ago when Catholicism in the Netherlands was booming because of all the restrictions that they had to suffer through throughout the Protestant reform were lifted. And so you have this golden era of growth. And of, of course, after the Second World War, people were extremely laborious. They were rebuilding the country, building tons and tons of new churches. And and we and now, of course, there are too many of these churches and not enough of the faithful, and and we get stressed and we feel like, oh, but we need to work harder. Um, a lot of my colleagues now have not one parish; they have like two or three, and we're not talking about one church and one community. Now, those parishes are already conglomerates of multiple parishes in the past, and what I feel is that. Behind that, strat- that policy of, uh, of, of, of combining all these parishes and giving priests more and more administrative managerial tasks is this idea of uh, it's not enough. We, we, we need to work harder uh, with fewer people because, well, we need to, we need to manage this. Whereas I think that... The, the, the results of this is burnout. I know so many priests, and also this is not just a, a, a problem in, in the church. I know that also a lot of Protestant uh, uh, vicars and community leaders suffer from the same stress and the same, like, huh, like when does this work ever end? It's never enough, but it's also in our society where we just work harder and harder, more and more hours. I see this among social media creators as well, people on YouTube, on TikTok. They make these long and long days, and the algorithm uh, of all these social platforms encourages them to do even more and work even harder and make even more videos and be on top of everything. Otherwise, you'll be forgotten. You know, Someone else will, will take the, the ad revenue and so you get a lot of uh, creators 
that are burned out. And, and that is in itself, when creators, when artists are getting a burnout, then something subs is substantially wrong. Because if, if there's one area where people should be happy and <laughs> peaceful in a certain way, it's the creative area. It's all about expression. It's not about success. An artist doesn't, doesn't build houses. Uh, well, maybe they may build cathedrals. But it's, it's, it's about the expression of the art. It's about the message that they want to proclaim and not necessarily about quantity. In fact, whenever, for instance, in the comic book industry, whenever the emphasis is too much on quantity, the quality starts to suffer. You see this with, uh, with movies and TV shows as well. You know, uh, it's one of, the, one of the complaints that some people have about Disney is, and, and also about Marvel is there's just this plethora of movies and they're all cookie cutter and th th there's this big risk that you know it, they have to be even more efficient even uh, they all use the these LED screen sets uh, so everything kind of looks the same feels the same the stories are becoming more and more generic and it's because we're not focusing on on, on the art of storytelling it's all about the numbers and about the money that has to be made and then what you get the risk is that you get cookie cutter stuff and and people get overworked and frustrated in the in the gaming industry same problem these games game programmers and and, and artists are under so much stress to perform they work long hours their their income is very low in general uh, for what for what ultimately a, a lot of these games will be forgotten a year from now and this reminds me of something that Jesus says, uh, you know, what good is it for someone to gain the world if in the process you lose your soul? And I think this is, this is such a relevant message for, for all of us, for me as well. I'm looking at these penguins, they're all swimming today. Normally they're just uh, sitting on, that, on those rocks in front of me. <laughs> these, these penguins are just looking at me and swimming around. Sometimes they just put their head under water to see if there's something on the bottom <laughs> I love this it looks so refreshing to just be in the water and just enjoy the freshness oh there's another penguin coming my way oh he's diving underwater wow he's like deep down below oh and there's another one who dives to the bottom of this uh, of the it's not a tank it's like a reservoir like a little pond I love it oh I joined them if I could <laughs> but I'm not a penguin so I probably don't shouldn't do that but um, it's also you can also apply this to your careers what good is it to make even more money uh, so that you can buy more stuff that you actually don't need you're trying to impress people that you don't even like we're, we're oftentimes falling for this this temptation to to go along with this rat race without asking us ourselves, but what I have, isn't that enough? Isn't this good enough? I'm going to sit here at the waterfall. <laughs> Maybe this is too noisy, but I like the, the freshness of the water here. So that, that is always a question um, I feel that, that we should ask ourselves before we work, we add to our plate. And I'm Mr. Pile up stuff on your plate. <laughs> I've always worked way too hard and it's only in the past few years 
And also maybe as a result of COVID that I've started to realize that it's good. It's good enough. What I, what I do, what I can do during a day, that's enough. And if I can't finish it, I still am going to stop working because it's not important in the long run. And yeah, maybe I had this plan of creating five podcasts on one day and I only did three. I mean, everything is neutral. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody wants me to get overworked. So, and, and why is it... Why is it a failure to not meet your own self-imposed standards? You can also tell yourself, well, hey, so I've now learned that I can only do this or that during a day, and, and that's enough. I can only do what I can do, so why should I be frustrated about this? And the moment you feel it's not enough, you have to ask yourself, says who? Why am I telling that to myself? Why do I feel like it's not enough? Why do I feel like I have to work harder make more money, uh, do more work. Work has a tendency to fill the time that you give it. And so if you don't give it your entire day, you'll still be able to get things done. In fact, sometimes having not enough time will help you to be a little bit smarter with the way you work. And you won't waste as much time. Again, I'm thinking in terms of you utilitarianism um, but it's, it's about guaranteeing or protecting the, the, the overall balance in your life and that should come I think from the interior conviction that you are enough that, that your value your worth it's something I've repeated over and over again in this podcast your value your worth does not depend on your output on your utility on your usefulness in fact sometimes Having these spaces in your life where you do nothing, you just go and walk 40 kilometers, and like I do today, I'm just talking about myself, and then I spend, like I walk for four hours, 20 kilometers to get here, then I spend an hour in the zoo doing not much, just walking around, enjoying, creating some podcasts, chatting with you, and then I walk another four hours back home that day is not very productive, but it is very inspiring. Like, sometimes I tell myself, oh, when I go out for a walk or a run, I have to listen to an audio book. Because then at least I'm reading a book. I'm, doing, I'm filling that useless time with some usefulness. Says who? <laughs> so, this morning, I didn't listen to an audio book. Instead, I just walked in silence through the woods, listening to the birds. And I was just thinking, thinking about, you know... How am I going to make this, this uh, new podcast for the TikTok and the YouTube audience? What am I going to call it? Uh, what would be the, the right mindset that I want to convey in those podcasts? Is it just about explaining Star Wars lore? Or is it about more than that? Can I help people with this? Can I, can I explain what the real secrets of these stories are and, and how... You, they can they can enlighten you about your own choices in life. That's the kind of stuff. And so I, it took me four hours to think that through. And I'm not done yet because when I'm going to go back home, I want to continue this reflection, not just about what I'm going to name that show and how am I going to produce it, but more specifically 
you know, what's what's the purpose? How can I? How is this going to help other people? How is this going to add to what I already do? Is there any duplication of efforts? Is 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 it necessary that I do this? If I go and make this show, what are you going to give up? Is there maybe something that I'm currently spending a lot of time and effort on that is no longer that useful or is not as important as what I want to focus on now? These these reflections, this, this whole process of thinking creatively requires just room in my head. And so if you're only, if work is only defined by production, by output, then I think we're, we're, um, we're missing the value of, of time spent in kind of like free, <laughs> free mode. This is like the, 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 like in video games, you have the video games where it's just a world in which you can just walk around and you may just do a quest or, or just build a house or something like that, like in Valheim or in Ark Survival. And then you have games that are very purpose-driven where the, the purpose is always to go to the next level, uh, get better gear, level up. And, and sometimes these games are a, a metaphor of what we do in our regular lives as well. We go from quest to quest, we always fight for the next big thing, and then we level up, which means that we get even worse enemies and we have to get the next sword or, or helmet or whatever. And so it's just this never-ending race. Sometimes I like to just play games where I can just walk around in a world, immerse myself, maybe from time to time, if I feel like it, do a little quest, fight a little fight, <laughs> roast some dodo meat, <laughs> but only if I want it, but there's no pressure. And, and I think that in, in our lives, uh, we, sh we should learn that, we should practice this. Uh, Try to focus on the moment, enjoy life as it is, as it's been given to you, um, and tell yourself, this is enough, I'm enough, this is good enough, thank you, Lord, for giving me this life, for giving me this moment. Help me to enjoy it, to appreciate it, to taste it without feeling that it's not enough. Be happy, be content, be grateful. For what you have instead of always looking at the grass in your neighbor's garden that looks greener than yours instead of always waiting for the next big thing and striving for the next promotion sometimes it's just enough to just have enough if you have a bigger house you'll have to pay more rent if you have a bigger car you have more costs per month yeah you, you will use up more fuel You'll have to take better care of it. You know, it's, it's like every time we level up, it comes with a price that we have to pay. So do we really need it? Do we want it? Is this truly what, what makes us happier or not? What good is it to gain the world if you lose your soul? That is, I think, the question that I leave you with. Thank you so much for walking with me and for my patrons. Stay tuned uh, because we'll walk an extra mile. And I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. God bless.